In our studies in Proverbs, we are in pursuit of wisdom from God to be used in our thinking, speaking, acting, and reacting. We begin with an attitude of reverence toward God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Based on that essential frame of mind, we listen carefully to these short sayings, text messages from God, about how to live before Him, how to serve others, how to avoid the ruin that is pursued by moral fools. And we are now in that phase of study where we are working with topics. We've recently covered topics like humility, pride, the use of the tongue, money, friendship, family, and our most recent class, intoxication. And so, in this class, we're ready for another topic, emotions, anger, jealousy, envy, but also valuable emotions like joy and love and patience. And in each component of this study, the common theme is self-control. That self-control or discipline is a product of our devotion to God, following Christ, and paying serious attention to these brief statements and warnings in Proverbs. First, I want to talk about the emotional dimension of human existence. Just a few minutes on that and then specific statements and proverbs that will become a good review for each one of us about how we feel and some of the temptations we encounter at the level of feelings. Sometimes I call this the work we let God do through His Word between our ears. I want to go all the way back to a Genesis truth that God made us in His own image. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. Everything else in the Bible informs our understanding of this, that certain characteristics of God are built into us according to the will of God our Maker. So, God is a communicator. He made us so that we can communicate. God is a thinking God. He made us so that we can think. Likewise, God has feelings or emotions, and He made us with that capacity. So, the Bible says that God loves, God hates sin, He is capable of joy or sorrow. Human beings are capable of love, hate, joy, and sorrow. We were made in His image. Now, for clarity, rocks, trees, and dirt were made by the same God who made us. But those things do not have emotional capacity. We do. So this is foundational to what we will study from Proverbs in this session. That as human beings... We have an emotional makeup. I will go ahead and say here that what God gives to us, He expects us to use according to His wisdom and to His glory. So, my emotional responses and yours should reflect our submission to God's wisdom. Proverbs helps us deal with that responsibly. So, 
We're ready now. Let's pull up some of these statements from Proverbs about various emotions. Start with anger. There is no general prohibition against all anger. Anger is a natural response. God is angered by sin. Jesus exhibited this emotion during his earthly life. It cannot be said, therefore, that all anger is sinful. No, that's not it. What the Bible says is, we are to guard against unjustified anger, and even when anger is justified, what we do with it, how we express it, requires the discipline that the Word of God supplies. I want to repeat that important point. What the Bible says is we are to guard against unjustified anger, and even when anger is justified, what we do with it, how we express it, requires the discipline that the Word of God supplies. So here we are in Proverbs 29:22. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Notice that phrase, given to anger, and a man of wrath, inclined to anger, with a tendency toward anger, quick to anger, we might even say a hot-tempered person. The problem isn't anger itself or anger in general. No, this is about someone inclined toward anger. Christians ought to be naturally inclined toward love. That love includes a negative attitude toward sin, yes. But we ought not to be a people who are given to anger. We ought not to be inclined in that mental direction. Angry outburst cannot be our first response, second response, or our response ever. Any sinful expression of emotion is to be avoided. What does Proverbs 29, 22 say about this person? He or she stirs up strife and causes much transgression. We should never be that person. I think of a person who is mad a lot, quick to express a whole list of negative attitudes, ready to go back over a history of injustices and hurt feelings, the NIV says an angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Remember, when the Bible identifies sin, when the Bible describes something wrong, destructive, and offensive to God, our response ought to be in the other direction. So, instead of flying off the handle or being hot-tempered, we ought to be people who are sober, disciplined, thoughtful. An excellent way to understand this emotion is to remember what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and do not sin. This is about the discipline, the patience, and self-control followers of Christ can have when they let God's Word abide in their hearts. In our society, we have a lot we are concerned about. And beyond that, we have a lot we are upset about. The only way to fight evil is to be intentional and committed 
and scriptural and not become consumed by what we oppose so that our response is as wrong as what we're responding to. Angry words, the song says, oh, let them never. God's wisdom in us is our safeguard. Let's talk about envy. Proverbs 14.30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Here's another. Proverbs 24.19 and 20, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked, for the evildoer has no future hope, and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. Envy is the dangerous emotion of coveting what someone else has that you believe you deserve. In the Bible, in this passage in particular, it involves a comparison where you look at what someone else has that you think you deserve more and you're upset because they have it and you don't. So in this Proverbs 24 location, the envious person has looked at something the wicked person has, concluding they shouldn't have it. The complaint is they shouldn't have it. I should have it. Do you hear that attitude? The wicked have money that I ought to have. The wicked have popularity and attention that I ought to have. One of the most dramatic narratives of this attitude is found in the book of Psalms in chapter 73. You remember Asaph, who envied the wicked. He fell into such a depression, he says he almost abandoned God altogether. Envy has no value. It doesn't get us anywhere or anything. It doesn't really turn in your favor. In fact, the Bible says it makes the bones rot. The opposite of envy is to refuse comparing yourself to others, especially the wealth or status that you perceive in the wicked. Socrates said, Envy is the daughter of pride, the author of murder and revenge, the begetter of secret sedition, the perpetual tormentor of virtue, Envy is the filthy slime of the soul, a venom, a poison, a quicksilver, which consumeth the flesh and drieth up the marrow of the bones. You ever thought about how the Bible identifies envy and what category the Bible puts it in? In 1 Peter 2 and verse 1, envy is associated with malice, guile, hypocrisy, and evil speaking. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, envy is in that category associated with adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, hatred, variance, wrath, strife, heresies, murders, drunkenness, and such like. In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 20, envy is associated with debates, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, and tumults. In 1 Timothy 6, 4 and 5, envy is mentioned along with strife and railing and evil surmising. So where do we go if we want to head opposite of envy? 1 Corinthians 13 says, love does not envy. 
Let's go ahead and add into this jealousy. In English, here is the distinction. The main difference between envy and jealousy is that envy is the emotion of coveting what someone else has, while jealousy is the emotion related to fear that something you have will be taken away by someone else. Proverbs 27, 4, wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? This is the immature attitude that says what I have is mine, and nobody should even think of having what I have. Jealousy is often threatening and violent. It's always selfish. It can tear up a marriage. It can wreck a business. It can ruin a local church. It can end a friendship. It can make you look childish on social media. It is often accompanied by boasting, threatening, violence, and suspicion. It is poison. God is very clear about it. The opposite is unselfish humility that causes you to rejoice in what you have without being paranoid that somebody else will get what you deserve. Sinners deserve nothing. Whatever we have should be attributed to the grace and mercy of God. And again, all of this in Proverbs argues for self-control, maturity, discipline, and good attitude that is embedded in us when we are receivers of wisdom from above. Let's add into that impatience. Proverbs 16.32, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes it away. Proverbs 19.11, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Now, it sounds like we're still talking about anger. What I want to stress is the value of slowing down, that pause to seek wisdom, rather than the rapid response of anger of revenge and some ill-advised comment or insult. In the Bible, slow is often a virtue. When we stop to think before we speak or act or react, so these things all go together, and Proverbs is putting before us self-control, good, mature discipline about our emotions and the reactions. Those who fear the Lord want to know these things and think and act accordingly. So as we make our way through Proverbs, these destructive emotions come to the surface to warn us, anger, envy, jealousy, impatience. In each case, what is needed is the discipline of God's Word, which will always involve self-control, self-honesty, repentance, and its fruit. Now, we need to shift gears. Let's take this positive. There are emotions we ought to have, worthy of being nurtured and expressed in full measure, like joy and love. Joy. In general Bible knowledge, the highest kind of joy is the result, the product, 
of being in a good relationship with God. So you give up sin, respond to Christ, enter into a good relationship with God, and live as a Christian under God's grace. That produces joy. Now, that doesn't mean you'll be happy about everything all the time. It means no matter the circumstance, there is an abiding joy that you rely on, that you always come back to, that you know God and God knows you. Happiness is anyone who becomes wise, who comes to have understanding, Proverbs 3.13. The one who understands a matter finds success, and the one who trusts in the Lord will be happy, Proverbs 16.20. Wise children make their fathers proud of them. Foolish ones bring their mothers to grief. Proverbs 10 verse 1. The hope of the righteous is joy, but the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. Proverbs 10 28. The pleasant and long-standing emotion of joy belongs to those who are disciples of Christ, who live by the wisdom given by God in Proverbs, and exemplified in the life of Jesus Christ. God's faithful people have joy even in their trials, James 1 and verse 2. Then let's top it off with love. John says that God is love. We know from the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus exhibited love perfectly the love that ought to be reflected in us, his followers. What does Proverbs say about this? A friend loves at all times. Proverbs seventeen, seventeen. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. Proverbs 20, 6 and 7. So, God has given to each of us an emotional side. Since we were made in His image, we are capable of love, hate, joy, sorrow, and all the emotions along the entire spectrum of feelings and internal choices. What we do with those emotions depends upon our relationship to the wisdom God has given for us to be mature and well-disciplined, to glorify Him. A few final points and takeaways. Number one, the old rule of counting to ten may still be helpful. Add additional numbers when necessary. Number two, regarding envy, have you ever noticed we don't envy people who are poor, suffering, injured, or in jail? We envy people who are, from our carnal perspective, doing well financially, receiving praise and good health and having lots of fun. What does that exhibit in us? Just a self-centered attitude. Simple selfishness is behind both envy and jealousy. Number three, with reference to anger, if you lose it, you are not lost forever. If you respond to your sin as directed by God, dependent on Christ. Don't ignore your own sin. 
the guilt will remain. When you lose it, when you do or say something in an impulsive moment of rage or in expressions of retained anger, see your sin, confess it to God, and to those you have hurt, asking God's forgiveness. Then look back at your conduct, do a review, and ask yourself, what did I accomplish in that state of rage? What kind of debriefing will that lead you to? What did I accomplish in that state of rage? Did I change anything? Did I help anybody? Did I glorify God? Did I bring myself closer to God? Did I exemplify the principles of Christ or deny them? Paul had it right, and I hope we carry these words with us after this study. He said, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I thank you for listening.